if you ask people questions about God, people, people mostly who don't go to church, if you ask people about God, most of the time you get kind of vague answers. There are very few people who, who, you know, who are kind of indifferent about church who have like strong convictions about God. There are, there are, there are a few, you know, like really intense atheists who will, who think it's, it's bad to believe in God, who will argue against it, who are very firm in it. But most people, when you ask them, they don't have very clear answers because they just don't think about it very much. For them, it's not an important question. Like, did God create everything or not? Who is Jesus? Because it doesn't make a huge difference either way. And this is because, because of the way that they understand God, and sometimes the way that we understand God also. The, uh, the technical term for this is deism. Father Mike talked about this. Father Mike Schmitz talked about this maybe four weeks ago in his Sunday homily. There was this, uh, this researcher named Christian Smith did all these statistics and research and, and surveys and everything. Basically what he came up with was that uh, when it comes to like American young people, young adults, uh, whether you were raised Catholic or Protestant or Jewish or Muslim or, or nothing, um, everybody sort of thinks of God in the same way, which is he's far away, he's indifferent, he's uninterested, he's inactive. In other, way, in other words, he's, he's about as good as dead. He doesn't do anything. At the end of the collect, okay, that's like the opening prayer for Mass. It's the, it's the prayer that's supposed to orient us for, for everything that we pray for the rest of Mass, but that actually nobody listens to ever. Um, the, uh, at the end of the collect and at other prayers that we pray, we say this, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns, and then there's more. But, but these words, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns, this is exactly contradictory to what we were talking about before. God is far, God is distant, God is uninterested. We say Jesus is alive. Jesus died and rose and he is alive today. And he is close and he is active. Jesus, risen from the dead, is living and breathing and speaking and healing and seeking and working. And he is ruling now. Now, the Feast of Christ the King that we celebrate today, it does look forward to the end of the world when, like we heard, in glory, the kingship of Jesus is revealed to all. But it's not like he's not the king until then. He is the king of all the world now, and he rules now. Jesus is more interested, more invested, more active than the president is for the country, or a CEO is for the business, or even than a parent is for their family. Jesus is the Lord of all the world. He's the Lord and King of those who do not know him or who do not believe in him, and, of course, those who know him and believe in him. There is no power above him. He has ultimate authority, and no one, nothing else can claim this. Everything is below him. Jesus lives and reigns. Now, this is a dangerous and even a defiant thing to say sometimes because it, this, this, this claim, this belief that Jesus is alive and he reigns now as the king, this is feared by those who want to control. So sometimes that, that you know, evil, powerful people or, or a government or simply like the powers of darkness and, and, and death. Because of this, because Jesus' kingship is a threat Many have died 
for the sake of Jesus Christ the King. So you've heard of this before. There's, there's a movie about it called For Greater Glory. You can, you can look it up later. Um, but, but two saints specifically stand out. Okay, this is the Cristeros War in Mexico, 1926, 1929. Basically, in the Constitution, the laws, um, the church was totally sidelined. And the, all, all the churches were just taken by the government, and there was no longer, it was illegal to practice your faith in public. You couldn't go to mass. Priests, sisters, religious, they were being arrested or executed, and, uh, and everybody was in fear. So it actually sparked a war. It's called the Cristeros War, where Catholics said, no, 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 we will not stand for this. And they fought their government because they said, you cannot do this. And the, what, what it's based on is this, that yes, we must obey the law, we must be like patriots for our country, but the government is below Jesus. Jesus is the king. And so the words on their lips always were, Viva Cristo Rey, which means long live Christ the king. He is the king and there is no one above him. So both Blessed Miguel Pro, who's a Jesuit priest, and St. Jose Sanchez del Rio, these were their last words that they spoke before they died. You can, you can look up Blessed Miguel Pro because um, what's amazing, and it's, it's graphic and gruesome, but they wanted to make a spectacle of this man, this priest, and uh, so they had a photographer come to his execution by firing squad, and they took pictures all the way through. So it's kind of like watching a movie. You can see him before praying and then speaking to his executioners, and then he stands there with his arms stretched out on a cross holding a rosary, and he says, Viva Cristo Rey. And you can see the guns fire, and the bullets hit him, and then him fall over, and then they shoot him dead. Like there are pictures all along the way. But I want to talk actually a little bit more about St. Jose Sanchez del Rio. Okay, so he was 14 years old, and he was involved in this conflict. At one point he was captured by, by, the, by the federal forces and imprisoned. And they just wanted one thing from him. They weren't trying to get like information about the Cristeros. They weren't trying to get money from him or his family or anything like that. They just wanted him to say, death to Christ the King. So they said, if you just say, say those words, you don't even have to mean it. You just have to let them come out of your mouth. If you just say those words, you can go free. And he would just look at, his, at those who imprisoned him and say, long live Christ the King. So they thought, this 14-year-old boy, let's, let's break his will. So they had another young man, Lorenzo, imprisoned with him, and they brought Jose and Lorenzo to a public square, and they hung Lorenzo in front of Jose, because they thought, now he'll know that we're serious, and he will be afraid, and he will give in. But of course, it didn't work. He was just galvanized and more, more, more convicted and during the execution, he said over and over, Viva Cristo Rey. Finally, what they did was they, um, they tortured him, again, saying, all you have to do is say a few words, and all this stops. They laid him down, and they took his feet and a sharp knife, and they cut off the soles of his feet. And then they made him walk to the place of his execution, which is a pretty long way. When they got there, they said again, you just have to say, death to Christ the King. And he said, viva Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. And they beat him and stabbed him, finally shot him and put him in, put him in the ground. It's a threatening and dangerous thing to say Jesus is alive 
and Jesus reigns forever. It means a lot for us, it changes things for us. But first of all, it is our joy and consolation because the king overall is good and powerful. We know that Jesus, as the king, he's, he's a shepherd. This is what we heard in the first reading. God says, I myself will come and shepherd my people. But sometimes the image of shepherd, rather than being the good shepherd, it can turn into the nice shepherd. And we, we, we think of Jesus as kind of cuddly in this way. So you've seen, you've seen windows like this in churches, actually. You know, Jesus, the good shepherd, and he's there, and he's leading a little lamb behind him. And it's very tender, and he has a little blush on his cheeks and things. But Jesus is not a cuddly shepherd. He is good and healing and for his sheep. But to anyone who threatens his sheep, he is mighty and fearsome. Now, we don't like to think of Jesus like this, maybe like we heard in the gospel, when he presents himself as the judge of all the world, because it can feel like a threat to us, it can make us afraid. But we do not have to fear him, because he's good. He's not capricious. He's not like other kings. He doesn't rule for his sake, but he rules for ours. What's amazing about Jesus is that he, 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 oh, he said this himself. He says, do not be afraid because I have overcome the world. He, he overcomes and defeats and conquers all evil, all sin, all sorrow, even death. And he does it easily. He is unconquerable, and there's nothing that threatens him. It's as easy, I mean, you know, like, like there, there are evil people in the world. There have been terrible, powerful, evil people through history. All of these are like, are like, like misbehaving children compared to the devil, who is much more powerful, much, much darker, much more evil. And the devil, Jesus overcomes without, without breaking a sweat, without struggle. It is as easy, maybe even leisurely, for Jesus to conquer and triumph as it is for a candle to scatter the darkness. Like if you're in a perfectly dark room and you light a candle, the light from the flame does not have to struggle to push back the darkness. As soon as it is lit, the darkness flees. This is, this is, how, how, this is the, the, the power of Jesus. There's no threat, there's no struggle, there's not, no one who can contend with him or resist him. He is almighty and unintimidated and unconquerable. All the powers of the world, all the powers of darkness are nothing. If it seems to you, if it's been your experience that Jesus is far or inactive or maybe even, maybe even weak, then, then work this out. Speak to the Lord or speak to somebody else. It's not a good place to be. You gotta, you've got the wrong image of Jesus. He comes as a mighty conqueror, as a warrior to set people free. He is a king like a shepherd, and he comes to seek the lost and heal the sick and protect from danger. And because Jesus lives and reigns, we are not lost or helpless. We are found and set free. We are not at the mercy of the powerful. We are not at the mercy of evil or sin. We are not at the mercy of the forces of nature or the universe or the rotation of the stars. Jesus rules over all. He is the Lord of all. I don't know if you know this, but sometimes when the, when the devil messes with people, he likes to do things at 3 a.m. Because 3 p.m. is the hour of Jesus' death. And so he says, 3 a.m., the opposite, that is my hour. 
So very often, like weird stuff, doors will slam or, or, or lights will click on or off or, or weird sounds or whatever. Often it'll be attached to like 3 a.m. But the solution to this is simply to proclaim the kingship of Christ, to say, no, 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 3 a.m. belongs to no one but Jesus. Every hour, every time, every day and year, every place, Jesus is the Lord of all. Everything is under his reign. Everything, everything is part of his kingdom. Because of all of this, nothing gives me greater joy or consolation than to repeat over and over, Jesus is king. He is powerful and he is good. And so we do not have to fear anything or anyone. Because Jesus lives and reigns, we live differently. You can tell, I can tell from what you wear or what's on your car or what's in your house, whether you like Michigan or Michigan State more. Can others tell from your house or from your life that Jesus is the king of your home and of your life? It, it, it's not a struggle to allow our lives to be changed by him. To be under the kingship of Jesus, it doesn't take great effort. He doesn't ask us to do difficult things. But here's the image, okay? It's actually very easy. If you take a piece of metal and you put it in a hot fire, the metal does not stay the same. It becomes warm, hot, it starts to glow, it softens. And when you take the metal out, then it has something that it didn't have before. If you touch it to paper or wood or something, then it'll burn. The metal in the fire has taken on the properties of the fire. This is what it is to live under the reign of Jesus. We don't have to work very hard, but we're immersed in him, obedient to his rule, glorying in him as our king, and we take on his properties. We take on his fire. So just like it takes no effort for a hot piece of metal to light a paper on fire, it takes no effort for those who love and follow Jesus the king to, to have their lives changed and to radiate his goodness and his kingship and his mercy in the world. The Feast of Christ the King is one of my favorite days in all the year. It's a day of great hope and consolation and joy because Jesus has already overcome everything. Yes, we look forward to the revelation of his glory, but he is the king now. He lives and reigns. Jesus is alive and he is good. So today and every day, we, we love to repeat, long live Christ the King.